Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity in Denver. And Dimity, I'm so excited. As we record this, tomorrow night is my kids' final track meet of the season. And I'm not sure I've talked about them doing the twins doing track this season. And it has just been thrilling and so much fun. And just the kids have enjoyed it. And and, um, it's just... I just adore it. I'm, it's my favorite night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Do you bring like a picnic or something and set up in the bleachers? <laughs> we do not. I should because the track meets from six to seven at our local high school. And it's this wonderful, very low key program that's put on by a local running store here in Portland. And so the kids have um, practice on Monday and Wednesday. It's optional whether they go to it. Like sometimes John also has Little League uh, practice that night. So it kind of alternates. It depends on whether I'm in charge or Jack's in charge. If I'm in charge, <laughs> he goes to track. And so, uh, so then the track meet, it's kind of an all comers meet on Thursday nights from six to seven. And oh my goodness, the, the John and Daphne who are eight, they are third graders. They don't turn nine until the summer. They just really are very gifted little runners. And I don't know where they got it from because it's not from me. So I don't know. It just, and they just are so enthusiastic about it. And it just is so much fun to watch. And I love it because it's like a cross section of Portland. And so, you know, it's different teams from different parts of the city and it's just really awesome. And, and so can I brag for a minute about how they did? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they uh, so last week was pouring rain. All the other ones had been pretty decent weather. So it was just pouring rain, and John was like, "Oh, I don't want to go." And so they go, and it's all very um, a little on the fly. The way they do it, they'll just you know, there's a guy there with a megaphone. He'll be like, "Okay, sixty meters, line up, you know, by the by the hut or whatever." So they both did. They always do 60 meters, and then they have also been doing the 400 meters. And then last week, John, no, two weeks ago, John did the 1500, which is almost four times around the track. It's almost a full mile. And so then last Thursday, in this pouring rain, Daphne was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do the 1500. I was like, okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. What a little badass she is. <laughs> yeah. So with, with absolutely no prep work, really. Um, oh, and also because their friend Claudia, who's just the most beautiful form little runner she just is i mean i i wrote it on our website that that danny dreyer would just be in awe of her her chi running style i mean she is just this little four foot prancer and so then so she said she would do it so then daphne and she are on the same soccer team so she's like oh claudia's gonna do it i'll do it and i'm like come on john you gotta do it you gotta do it so the 1500 is not divided. All the other um, events are divided by age. So, you know, seven-year-olds race against seven-year-olds and eight, and eight, you know, that type of thing. Is but it, and, but is it, is they race co-ed? Uh, they, they did the first time, and I have to say that Daphne beat John in the 400 meter when they raced against each other. But then Uh-oh. but then they both they were one and two, and so then they each got a blue ribbon because she was the first place girl and he was the first place boy. The, oh, the feel, joy feel. the joy of a boy girl set of boy girl twins. <laughs> and so then so but in the uh yes, yeah, so but typically then the sixty and the four hundred and the two hundred, those are segregated by gender. But then the fifteen hundred is just everybody who wants to do the 1500. I was going to say, well, the thing is going to go from six to 11. Okay. Okay. Seven-year-old, the seven-year-old girl, the one who wants to do the 1500. So yeah, so they, they did it again, just big chubby raindrops falling on their heads and they just set off and they are so intent. They just run their own races. And so John actually runs with this girl, um, Sadie, who is the daughter of a mother runner I know here in town named Andrea. And Sadie's quite a talented, gifted runner. So John was hanging with Sadie the whole way. And they ended up running uh, the 1500 in six minutes and 30 seconds. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We've been wanting to say, holy shit. 
Oh my God! <laughs> Boom! Throw down that profanity. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, so, and oh my goodness. So, John, I got this awesome picture of him. Maybe I'll use it sometime on the on our website. But it is talk about our little four foot runner. That boy is just up on his toes as he went by in the fifteen hundred. So, and it was very darling because he and Sadie specifically finished at the exact same time. And when they came over, both Andrea and I were like, so which one of you, you know, which one of you finished ahead of the other one? And they both separately were like, no, 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 we finished at the exact same time. No, she wasn't ahead of me. No, he wasn't ahead of me. So it was very nice and egalitarian. So, and then Daphne, so John had run the race last week, the previous week. Daphne never run a 1500. She ran in 707. Jeez. <laughs> so a lightning bug. That's yeah. awesome. That's so, awesome. So then as soon as they so they finish that up and uh, then then you hear on the microphone, you know, the megaphone, for you know, last call for the four hundred, last call for the four hundred. And Daphne's like, Oh, I wanna run that. So she's <laughs> fresh off the fifteen hundred, runs over for the four hundred, and this race was one of the highlights of my my year, practically, I think. And so I have terrible vision. And so that that's an explanation for why this happened. We are standing on one straightaway, on the inside of one straightaway, and the race started kind of down at the end of that so that for the first, you know, in the first 200, they are running along the straightaway that's opposite me. So across a football field, a literal football field. So I can not see very well who's out in front. And it's raining so hard, and it looks like the girl who's out in front has this streaming behind her brown hair. Well, Daphne has a little pixie haircut, so typically her hair, I do not think of it. It's not streaming. It is not streaming. And so there's a girl with what I think is streaming brown hair way out in front at this point. And I'm standing with Andrea and my pal Lisa, who is Daphne's soccer coach. And I go, that girl's ripping it up. Who is it? And Andrea and Lisa don't say anything because they're thinking, Sarah's either joking or she's incredibly cocky. <laughs> and then Lisa finally realizes, no, Sarah truly doesn't know who it is. And Lisa's like, uh, Sarah, that's Daphne? And I'm like, no way! <laughs> my own child? That's my own child? <laughs> and she, uh, Daphne has not perfected the art of turning her head just a little to see whether anybody's near her. So at that point, she's at c- closing in on 200, and she swivels like a bobblehead, right, left, right, left, to see if anybody's behind her. And she just, and then John takes off from standing next to me to go run inside the track alongside of her to encourage her, which I just thought was too darling. Oh, and that's cute. So he's cheering her on, but then she you know, rounds the last corner of the race and just barrels toward that finish line and just blazed her way to yet another blue ribbon. And I, I just was overwhelmed with emotion. It was so exciting. That is so cool. That's so cool. I love it. I love, well, I love that your kids did so well, but I love that it's just like an all-you-can-eat buffet track meet. Like, okay, 1600 lineup. All right, 400. Let's go. You know, like, just like, whatever you want. Take a little spoonful of that, a forkful of that. Taste it all. Oh, yeah. And so that uh, because the, on excuse me, on one of the meets, I was there with friends because we were going out for dinner afterwards, just me and my gal pals. And so I thought the kids were done. So I'm like, okay, kids, see you at home. You know, dad's going to, you know, fix your dinner. And, oh, no, I miss John doing the 200 because as they were starting to leave, they're like, oh, lining up for the 200. John's like, oh, I want to do the 200. <laughs> so, that is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is great. So, well, they are some new runners destined to be talented, um, which is awesome. And um, and we also have kind of a, a brand new runner, not brand new, but but fairly new runner on our podcast today. Um, it's Adrian Martini, who you might know from Martini Fridays on our website. We've had her blogging for what, like 16 weeks now, every Friday. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I should have an, a, a drink with an olive. <laughs> whenever I <laughs> or tw- a twist of lemon. Baby uh-huh. up. Um, she doesn't just write for another mother runner. She actually is a very talented, prolific writer. Um, she's the author of three books. Um, one is called Hillbilly Gothic, a memoir of madness and motherhood. One is called Sweater Quest, my year of knitting dangerously. And then the last one is Shaken and Stirred, five years of parenting imperfect. She's like the master of like sub- subtitles. She's got some really good yeah. subtitles. Nice, nice. So welcome, Adrian. We are so excited to have you, and we know that your voice resonated so deeply with our Mother Runner tribe. So I know that they're all, you know, all at Twitter that you're on our podcast as well. So happy um, to be here. 
we're, we're super happy to have you. And um, so before we get this whole, you know, talk about running and the Pittsburgh half marathon started, I want you to remind us what you do when you're not earning your living as a professional runner. Well, you know, I do make quite an income from my professional running. <laughs> um, you have sponsorships it, just banging down your door. You banging down and the door. Yeah, everybody wants a very slow, you know, middle-aged runner. That's really what they're looking for. Um, I, in my day job, I teach at a SUNY school here in Oneonta, New York, and I also do a lot of freelance writing on the side. For those and I also have two kids that, you know, they keep you pretty busy. Yeah, and SUNY, for those of you who don't know, is the State University oh. of New York. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I went insider lingo there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and you also have a corgi, too. Let's put that out there. I do have I a corgi. Love dear, dearly. Is that your only pet? Uh, no, we also have two cats, mm-hmm. but they're, oh. they're far less entertaining. Oh, hey, 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 now let's not get <laughs> no, the no, whole no. dog versus cat thing going. No, 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 not getting into that. Just my particular two cats are old and fat and really kind of like to lay around a lot. So, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, okay, so that's what they do. Okay, so we got so we got your professional resume out there and your your mom credentials. So so tell us about your running resume. Remind us how long you've been running. What was your longest run before you started training for the Pittsburgh half, which was your first half? Yeah, right. My uh, train my running history is actually relatively short. Uh, I started running. Oh, I think I was about 41, might have been right before I turned 41, uh, when I saw a picture of myself taken on a vacation and realized just how round I had gotten. Um, And it was just one of those moments where a light bulb went off and I decided it was kind of time for a change. And I started with a couch to 5K program uh, and for the first six months really kind of thought I would die. Um, but was pretty determined to see it all the way through. Um, Did you do that couch to 5k for six months? It's not a six month program. Oh, no, no, no. It's not a six month program. I kept doing it until I felt comfortable. I think it's a 12 week program. I would just go back and do it again. Wow. Sure. Um, until it felt like, you know, I could do the, the half an hour run, um, without wanting to stop in the middle and just kind of lay down for a little bit <laughs> with your cat. Hey, move with over. The cats. <laughs> um, and then I ran an actual 5k because in this part of New York, the races are, there are a lot of races, but they're all kind of concentrated, uh, pretty much from May till October. Uh-huh. And then the weather gets a little too, uh, intense for, <laughs> some for might say crappy scheduled uh-huh. runs, yeah. uh, crappy, <laughs> snowy. Uh, some of us have learned to embrace it at least the first two months of it. Uh, I don't know that anybody enjoys the fifth month of it. Um, so I had to wait until a 5K kind of came around that I could run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ran that first 5K, and that became every six months I did a 5K, or every couple of months I would do a 5K. And then around here they have something called the pit run, and it's a 5K or a 10K. So the longest I had ever run before the half marathon was the 10K. Oh, Okay. And then why why is it a pit run? Oh, it's named after, um, it's actually kind of a sad story. There was a very young police officer who was local to Oneonta and his nickname was pit and it's a fundraiser named after him. Oh, nice. Nice. I I thought it might have something to do with Pittsburgh or, you know, you're halfway to Pittsburgh or or something. Uh Uh (laughs) Nope. Just a nickname. And there's no actual pit as far as we know. Uh Okay. All right. Well, so, um, so, so you had done a 10 K what, what kind of got your juices flowing to step up to a half marathon? Um, you know, that's a really great question. I, I kind of thought you might ask that, so I started <laughs> trying to come up with reasons. Um, you know, it's that classic reason. Well, it struck me one day that, hey, let's try this. And I couldn't come up with any really good ideas, any good reasons to not. So I, I said, hey, let's go ahead and do that. Um And within a week, I had kind of committed to actually doing the race. And by committed, I mean actually paid somebody or paid the organizer. And uh, that was enough. That's a huge motivation, right? It is. It is. Once you've actually put some skin in the game, it's suddenly like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. I guess we're doing this. Um, So then started counting back and figured out when I needed to start training. And I figured I'll just take it week by week. I can always say, nope, this is stupid. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and while I had plenty of moments where I did say that, they never stuck. 
So very good. And did you, you uh, were going down there to see a high school college friend, right? And did you recruit her from the get go or was she an add on or? Oh, there are actually two friends. Um, There's a high school college friend who I actually posted on Facebook that I was doing this run. And this was probably in February that I posted it. And she said, Oh, I do that every year. Why don't we try and and hook up? Um, And that's kind of how that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I also stayed with it at the house of a college friend Mm -hmm. um, who doesn't run and thinks the whole running thing is, is kind of nutty, but foolish, foolish, foolish. Foolish. She's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, yeah, I don't know either, but I seem to enjoy it. So, you know, you're like, yeah, glad to see you too. Yeah. 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 She also has two small children under the age of five. So she's still, you know, if she's forming full sentences, yeah, she's in the thick of it. If yeah, she's yeah, forming yeah. full sentences, we're all pretty happy about that. So. <laughs> well, so what, what was your mindset when you when you pushed that send button and, and paid the fee for the Pittsburgh Half Marathon? I mean, were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you just a combination, a little nauseous? Like, you know? <laughs> it, yeah, it was kind of all of that. It was kind of excited, uh, kind of that sinking sensation of, oh, dear, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Um, It's kind of this, this is going to sound really crazy, but this turned out okay in the end, I think. Um, The same sensation when I saw the blue line or the double blue line on the first pregnancy test with my first kid. It was kind of like, oh, this is really exciting. Oh, no, what are we going to do now? Um, (laughs) So it was kind of one of those feelings. Uh Very good, very good. So so how soon after that did Dimity recruit you? Because I would think that was a little bit of extra pressure, no? Or incentive uh, maybe would be the right It point. was incentive. Um, actually, I recruited Dimity. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, um, she recruited herself. I, I, I recruited not myself. put this on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was all me. Um, I had been a long time another mother runner reader and listener, uh, podcast listener, and, you know, I have the books, and I had seen and met you guys up in Albany, whenever that was, mm-hmm. um, last spring and last spring. And I thought to myself, gosh, wouldn't it be fun if there was a little itty bitty place where I could slide myself into the another mother running, another mother runner, runner, running, if I could slide myself into the AMR community, there I, you go. <laughs> uh, I would try and do that. So I kind of emailed Dimity, mm-hmm. um, and used my very persuasive words saying, Hey, I'd like to do this thing. How would you guys like to uh, provide a little space and I will do this thing. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how that okay. happened. And, awesome. Oh, well, I, mean, I, say, like, I know that you emailed us a couple of times and of course, like it took me, you know, to the third or fourth email to respond. Cause that's just the way oh, my, yeah. you know, rhythms work. But, um, but I love, I mean, you know, I, you then send me your book, um, the hillbilly Gothic, a memoir of madness and motherhood, which I really thought was a, a beautiful, very, um, lovely book, um, oh, in thank a, you. you know, in the way that um, a memoir of madness can be lovely. Right. Yeah, it's um, always hard to explain that one. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, it comes it around. Well. There's, a ha- there's a happy ending, right? There's, there's a, a happy ha- ending. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, and I also like that, that you were starting out on this journey, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think sometimes Sarah and I, we don't, you know, um, consciously forget what it feels like to do something for the first time, like a half marathon, but we've done enough of them and our body kind of, you know, can go into autopilot and do that. Um, and, and, and that's great that, that we're at that point in our lives, but we also want to make sure that we include everybody and, and, Mm -hmm. and resonate with women who are like you, who started running at 41, just because it was time you felt round, you know? And, uh, (laughs) cause, cause I mean, we know we want you to succeed more than I want a PR. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. like these days, it it doesn't matter to me if I run another 13.1 or whatever. I mean, you know, it does and that I I like to do them, but, but to see you succeed and just to to watch your journey was so refreshing and authentic that I I just was, I'm so glad that it all worked out. Yeah, and there were. Um, it was also nice to know that there were people reading every week, um, and that I really couldn't just slack off. You know, I couldn't just say, 
you know, you know, this week I decided I was just going to stay here and go to Starbucks and maybe have some ice cream. So <laughs> they, don't, they don't serve star- ice cream at Starbucks. That's well, they would problem. be two trips. Two trips so. <laughs> they might be places right next, like Friendly's, right near Starbucks, maybe. Yes, we do. It's actually not, but it's a small town. Okay. So. <laughs> I know you have Friendly's in that part of the world. We do. So oh, we do, we we do not the have friendlies. them here. So I, I grew up in a Friendly's part of the world, and I yes. sometimes miss it. So yes, when we lived in the south. I, uh, I desperately missed friendlies. So <laughs> it's good to have them back. Yeah. Um, so, so Adrian, you did all your training runs solo. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I did. Um, and that was partly, I wouldn't say it was completely by design. It's just that for me to actually get up enough escape velocity and get out of the house, I can't really predict how long that's going to take. So oh, I love escape uh, velocity. It's like you're, yes. you're like, okay, we gotta get the rocket outside of the you orbit. Really so. do. <laughs> you really do. You have to make six or seven laps of you know. No, put your shoes woo, on so you woo. can you know you know until you can kind of get it and then get all the way out the door. But I, I never really felt that it would be fair to ask someone to meet me if I didn't know if I was actually going to be there within 15 or 20 minutes of when I said I would. Um, And also part of it is I spend so much of my day when I'm teaching, I'm talking most of the time Mm -hmm. that it's actually really, really nice to have a couple of hours where I don't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I can mutter to myself and not have to make sense as opposed to (laughs) muttering and then students looking at me like, oh, good, this is the the day that Professor Martini finally completely loses it. So Professor Martini, I think we're going to have to start calling you that. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I, they really just call me Martini because why would you not? Um, I mean, that is, that is just the perfect last name. I mean, I just love that last name. Is that, yes. is that your maiden name? Or That's your my name? maiden name. I come, I, I tell everybody that I come from a long line of Martinis and they all look like <laughs> Danny DeVito. So yeah. If you see the picture of my dad on the, uh, uh, the last blog post, you know, we, there's a definite Danny DeVito thing going on. So <laughs> I could see the resemblance. I could see, yeah. that. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. 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 So, so how did you, so other than muttering to yourself, perhaps, how did you stay entertained during your runs? Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I became addicted to, uh, the pop culture, Happy Hour, the NPR Pop Culture Happy Hour, oh, mm-hmm. um, and The Bugle, which is a John Oliver uh, podcast, because I'm a news geek. Um, I know you like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mm-hmm. Yes. One day I want to run with Peter Seagal. Yes. So Seagal, Seagal. Oh my gosh, Sagal, both Sagal. you and Timothy mispronounced that last name. So yeah. he'll just have to run with me because I'm the one who can say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he loves hey. Portland. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he'd love Oneonta too. I mean, it is pretty spectacular. <laughs> and our weather is even more intense than Chicago's. So, I mean, come on. Um, who doesn't love Oneonta? <laughs> who doesn't love Oneonta? Who can find it on a map really is always the question. Um so yeah. a lot of wait, wait, don't tell me. And uh, you know, I when I ran out of podcasts, I would listen to audiobooks. Um, audiobooks, and then you had you had kind of a an R-rated playlist that you queued up a couple times, right? <laughs> yes, the R-rated playlist only gets broken out when it's it's really not going well. So <laughs> I prefer to not have the R-rated playlist. You know, it's been a good run if I never have to push play on that one. Oh, you need okay. to have a that's pavlovian you need to get a playlist that that signifies that things are going well well that's what the podcasts are i you know okay. i'm not you know i i suppose i could put together another playlist but that just <laughs> that's more energy than really we have them on our site you could just crib honest. some of them so <laughs> oh i know uh, one of well, these days i'm going to uh, upgrade to an iphone and that way i could do things like spotify mm-hmm. and nice oh, very nice not there yet okay i okay. am not there yet yeah. Okay. Well, so, but the other thing that I, that was very interesting about your running to me, um, is that you did a lot of laps. Like you would yes. go to the track and run laps. You would go to an indoor track and run laps. You'd Ooh. run around the school X amount right. of times. And I'm just curious about that mindset because to me, that's crazy making, um, you know, unless I'm doing <laughs> speed work on a track, you know, right. but I want to, I don't even care if it's just an out and back, but I want to just, I want my scenery to change as I run. Um, and so tell me about the lure of, of doing laps. Ooh, tell, um, tell all of us. Yeah. I'll tell all of you the lure of doing laps. Um, I tend to get a little spacey when I run um, in the sense that I get 
pretty either pretty deep in my own head or just stop paying attention to everything mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just seems like a really good way to get run over. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's usually why I'm running around something. It means that there's not a lot of traffic that I could accidentally run into. Yeah, um, and with podcasts or the the dreaded playlist um, and my own thoughts, usually I'm relatively well entertained. And it may just be I have a really low bar for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there are moments where I'm just like, okay, you know, I've seen this one tree enough that, okay, it's time to do something else. Um, and on the long run, you gotta come at it from the other direction, right? (laughs) Yes. Sometimes I'll change directions just to be crazy. Um, and on the longer runs, I did start doing out and back. And part of the problem with that was I had to wait till the, the weather got nice enough, Mm -hmm. um, that the streets were clear enough that I could do an out and back with having to run kind of in the middle of the street because there was so much snow. Right. I remember that one time you were having to dodge some major puddles, even at the track. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this winter, I I really picked the wrong winter to decide to uh, You picked the right winter, the right winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the line from the airplane movies. You know, I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing clue. You know, it's like um, I picked the exact wrong winter because this winter really never let up. I mean, it's only in the last week that we've even had, you know, 70 degree days. So... Oh it was God. relentless. I mean, honestly, it was relentless. if you got and you did get through this and got to your race and had success, I mean, you just, you know, you didn't quite run a marathon, but I'd say you run like a 20 mile race, you know. Right. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love. And each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. Because of the, <laughs> right. the mental toughness required. I mean, honestly, it was it was a very, very hard winter, I think. Yeah, this was, it was um, rough. Yeah. Yeah, so kudos to you. So so any, uh, let's get down to some brass tacks. Any, okay. any fueling or hydration tricks that worked well for you? Or like, you know, because that must have been new to you if you'd only. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I just decided to keep it simple um, and go with your, what, 4, 8, and 11 strategy. Oh, look at that. Oh, I'm so, I know. so honored. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to do what Sarah said. <laughs> uh, so I had my three goos uh-huh. and a spare just in case I dropped one. Um, oh, smart move. Smart. We've, yes. had, we've had women tell us, you know, that they, that they're like, you know, chomps fell out inside their right. shorts and they dug in and <laughs> ate them anyway. Yes. Yes. Oh, I totally would. Uh, but yeah, I had the spare because, you know, sometimes you drop things. Mm-hmm. Um, and how about during so training? Ha- uh-huh. During training, if it was like a run that was upwards of seven or eight, mm-hmm. then I would kind of get a goo at four and maybe a chomp or something at, at six, just depending on how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I was up into like the nine and 10 mile and then on, um, I, I developed a serious goo habit, I have to say. Um, but the admitting that you have a problem is the first step. That's good. <laughs> it's the first step. It's the first step. Um, and then for hydration, what I do wish I'd done the day of the race and somebody mentioned it to me and I poo pooed them because sometimes I do that. Um, was she suggested bringing your own water and I thought, well, they have water tables. Why do I need to carry mm-hmm. one more thing? Mm-hmm. You know, I already have the goose and you know, my keys and all kinds of junk. I don't need more stuff. Um, and I found that the, it really would have been a good idea mm-hmm. to carry my own water. And because it was the, the, the tables were too crowded or you just wanted to drink and it wasn't available. I just wanted to drink and it wasn't available. I, the, the Pittsburgh half did such a great job of, um, there was always water available at the water tables. It would just be kind of between tables. I was like, Hey, you know what? I could really stand some water. (laughs) Sure. Um, sure. And while there are rivers getting to them is kind of 
tricky. So, <laughs> and sticking your head, <laughs> kneeling down and sticking your head or cupping yes. your hands to scoop from it. Yeah, that'd be a little right. tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are in a city, so you know it might not be the best choice to drink. Right. right. I don't think water. it's a super fun site, but you never know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, so did your confidence increase during your training? I mean, because you know, I mean, did, did you get feel stronger and more capable through each run? So that kind of the question is how did you feel before you set off on your longest training run which was what was it 12 miles i can't remember it was okay so i mean so did you feel like sweet i can't wait to nail this or dang it i don't want to not dang it but probably something a little bit more intense um you know i really don't want to do this right now like how did you feel the before the 12 mile well actually on the training plan it says 11 to 13 and um my response was kind of okay well i'll split the difference um and go 12. So I actually had to plan for 12. My normal route, I can make it between like eight and 11 pretty easily, but then getting that extra loop in for the 12, I had to actually sit down and plan it. Um, and before the 12, I have to say, I was really not looking forward to it. Um, it felt really much longer than was sensible for a human being to run. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I packed my goo and I had water, a little, you know, a couple bottles of water. um, And it was right around like 220. Uh, I can't even remember what mile that was. That's about when I started to feel confident because it was almost over. Um, I was like, okay, no, I do have this. But I I always have that little dip that I think Sage Roundtree has talked about where it's kind of that middle quarter where you just wonder, why am I doing this? And I've been doing this for a really long time and I'd really like to stop, but I can't because (laughs) there's still a really long time to go. And, um, yeah, I'm neither here nor there. I'm coming far enough, but I still am not close enough. I still have to keep going. Um, yes, yes. Dang it. Right. Yes. And then you have those thoughts where you're like, but I have my phone with me. I could call somebody and they could come get me and I could stop doing this, you know? And then it's like, no, 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 no. Just keep going forward. It'll all sort itself out. Yeah, well, um, you ran by a friend's house every once in a while, right? The, I did. The, the bailout plan was kind of always in your mind. I could always stop yes. in. And, because the problem with stopping, like, you know, especially on a winter day, um, stopping and saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, raise the, the white flag and right. give my husband or whoever a call, um, is that then you just have to stand there and freeze exactly. your little off, right? <laughs> yes. So it's yes. like, I'm going to be so cold, so I don't want right. to do that. But and then if I like, could walk well into my warm friend's house and have a, you know, a, a glass of water and maybe a cup of coffee and hang out and right. chat with her, like, that's a little bit more appealing. Yes. Um, but her house, uh, for most of the routes, would still be a good run to get back to her house. Because okay. I would only pass it at mile two, and then if I was coming back around, it would be like mile eight or nine. So it was like I would oh. still, you know, there'd still be. And once you've hit eight, it's like, well, I might as well just keep going at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she did threaten, oh, at various points, not threaten, but she, uh, uh, I mentioned that if you ever see somebody, you know, peeing in your yard, it's probably just me. Don't turn the dog on me, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and she mentioned that, you know, you could always come in and use the bathroom, which I thought was really nice of her. Um, and she also, it's far enough out in kind of the wilderness here that they have a pump in their front yard. And she oh. explained to me how the pump works. So she's like, if you ever need water. Oh, nice. You can go ahead and do that, or you can come in the house too. We'll let you in the house. So, oh, that's a better option than a river, a pump. So, you wrote in a blog post, or, or could have been more than one, that that you the training for a half marathon taught you that you could quote run through everything. So, kind right. of talk us through that thought. Um, the thought was one of the big problems is it's hard sometimes. It, it, let me back up. It's easy to find reasons to not run. Um, it's pretty easy to wake up one morning and go, gosh, it's really cold. Oh, look, it's snowing again. Um, man, I'm really tired. Uh, my finger hurts. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have a hangnail. Yeah, I have yeah. a hangnail. Oh, no. Uh, my head hurts a little bit. Uh, one of my kids is not feeling very well. And my kids are old enough at this point that, you know, I can leave them to go uh, on a run. Um, and the corgi is really good at keeping an eye on them. So I don't feel <laughs> so bad leaving them. But the run... I had to reach a point where excuses, yes, you can make the excuse, go ahead, now put your shoes on and run anyway. You know, you've made the excuse, you've made a noble effort to get out of this, now do it, because you're going to do it. You have to do it. Um, It's kind of like, you know, don't think, just go, but mine was kind of more, go ahead and make the excuse, get it out of your system, and now go run anyway. 
Sounds like you had a lot of internal conversations with yourself. I really did. See, that's why I don't mind running uh, alone because... <laughs> you always have company. You always have... I always have company. <laughs> there are a lot of us in here, Sarah. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I can usually find ways to amuse myself, so... Good. That's awesome. Well, so I'm curious too, did your body expect it? I mean, one of the things like we did with the, the prove it challenge, especially with the women who are taking on 10 K for the first time is, is yeah. I, you know, we've got to kind of slyly create runners, you know, like so that they get to the end of a, this was a 17 week training program. Yours was 15, you know, where, okay, you know, by week six or seven, it's like not if I'm going to run, but when I'm going to run. And I'm wondering if that, if that happened to you where you were already right. entrenched enough as a runner that, that your body expected it anyway um i found that on rest days i just felt like something was wrong it just felt like something in the world has gone horribly wrong um i should be out running but knowing of course that you do need the rest and your body does need the chance to kind of uh, heal um but even now because i thought after the half marathon oh i'll just take a week off um, and about four days after, I was like, no, I think I need to go take a, just a little run, not a big run, but a little sure. run. Um, and now it's just what I do. It's not it's not a chore. It's just I really enjoy this and I'm, I'm going to go get to do this. That's so funny. We uh, when we were Dimity, which book was we were thinking um, that we were going to call This Is What We Do or something like that. Right. Well, that's, that's our third book. That's what I wanted to call it. But but our publisher uh, vetoed it because it has <laughs> <laughs> nebulous this is what we do yeah, who's we where is yeah, mother, mother no search title. engine picks up on that title. <laughs> right yeah. i can see how that you know i agree with the sentiment maybe not the best title uh -huh. yes uh -huh. yes yeah so it it sounds like the size of the of the pittsburgh half and the and there's a marathon with it too right at the exactly. same time yeah so it sounds like the size of the race was a bit overwhelming so if you were giving advice to you know a, another half marathon newbie would you suggest picking a smaller race for taking on 13.1 for the first time? Actually, I wouldn't. I, oh. While it threw me at first, just in the sense that it's hard to wait in a starting corral with, you know, 8,000 of your closest friends. <laughs> um, and you're packed in there pretty tightly, so you get pretty close by the end. Mm -hmm. um, once we all started running and kind of got out of each other's way, it was kind of nice to know that no matter where I was, there were always still people behind me, <laughs> um, which is a problem doing smaller races around here was, you know, when the field's only 50 people. Oh. Um, yeah. A lot. Some of the races here are, are pretty well, that's quite small. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When there are only 50 of you, you know, you kind of stand out. And I, I always, I've been the last one uh, to finish or, you know, the next to last. And while part of me is like, meh, it doesn't really matter. I'm doing a lot faster. I'm going a lot faster than people who are still sitting on their couches. Part of me feels bad for making people wait around until oh. I actually finished. That's very thoughtful uh, and I, of you. Well, that's all me. That's mm -hmm. not that. That's me. Um, but it was nice to know, you know, while I, you know, I finished, uh, I think, 18,300 and something, <laughs> uh, there were still 3,000 people behind me. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't feel like I was keeping anybody <laughs> from their from their chores, from, from their, their, their daily routines. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, did so, you, I mean, because having run in such, and you, I mean, you obviously ran solo the whole time you're training, mm -hmm. and you're used to smaller races. I mean, was it? I, sometimes I feel like um, races can be like sensory overload if you're used to the quiet streets of Oneonta by right. yourself. You know, like, did you feel that at all, or did you kind of just just soak it all in and and you know enjoy it? I did my best to just soak it all in and enjoy it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do have to say, during the dark moment, right around dark moments, right around mile seven, mile eight, I kind of just wanted everybody to go away because um, they all <laughs> looked like they were doing much better or felt much better than I did at that point. Um, and I know that's really not the case. Um, and stopping when I did to finally stop and pee by the medical tent. Um, I noticed there were some people having a much worse day uh, than I was. Uh, and really, I was doing fairly well. It was just my bad day was kind of all in my own in my own brain. And once I got past that part, it was pretty easy. Um, that was about the only moment when I wished for more solitude. It was, But it was kind of nice, too, to have that many runners around you because you know you're on the right path. Uh, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you can't get too lost. Uh, Literally. Yeah. 
and it's so well signed. So you know immediately where you are at any given moment. So that's great. Well, so that mile seven that you just talked about, you know, and it was a tough time, the lowest moment that you had during the 13.1. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how you got out of it? Because I do think um, the big thing is with running and women is that you look around and you compare yourself and everybody else looks like it's makes it look so much easier than it really is. And they're looking at you thinking, oh my gosh, she's running so strong. Why can't I run like her? I mean, that's the thing is we all kind of compare and contrast. And the reality is, is running is hard and we all have our ups and our downs. So how did you get through those, those downs to kind of come back up? Um, I wish I had some great and simple answer. Um, for me, part of it was stopping to go to the bathroom. Uh, yeah. Because I desperately, since the start of the race, needed to pee uh, and really envied the guys who were just pulling up under like overpasses and peeing. Whipping uh, it out, right? Whipping yeah. it out. Uh, <laughs> although they were shielding themselves. So, you know, there was there was no actual sightline problem. Um, <laughs> it was pretty clear what they were doing. Uh, so it was finally and every time I would run past porta potties, I would just say, well, no, the line's too long. I don't want to wait that long until I finally at mile seven, seven and a half. I was like, no, 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 no. You really need to do this because the run will get much better if you're not cons- spending the whole time wondering how long it will be before you actually wet yourself. So mm-hmm. uh, because you've had two children and, you know, um, it happens. So yeah. it's a lot of bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so stopping to kind of regather really was a big help. And actually just taking a minute and sitting down was nice to kind of get everything put back together again, mentally, not, I mean, physically, I was pretty much together. <laughs> um, although I do have to say, trying to get my running skirt back up, mm. I was so sweaty at that point, that was kind of a challenge. Yeah. Oh. Um, Som- yeah. Sometimes that's almost why I don't use a poor pie, because I'm like, oh, we have to pull it all back up again. I know. Yeah. I didn't realize that would be as challenging as it actually was. So, so, um, so, but I have to ask, did you, when I read that you had to pee pretty much from the get go, so did you ever consider peeing in your, in your running skirt? No. No. Okay. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to work on you there, Adrian. Uh, I, I think we're cut from the same cloth there, Adrian. Yeah, I can't do it either. I, yeah. um, I mean, I could if it got desperate, desperate, but I would have wandered off into the bushes uh, and dropped skirt and if it got that bad. Um, no, I don't know how you do that. I, I would worry about chafing mm-hmm. um, with then having a really damp skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, there was going to be enough pee that, you know. It would go into your shoes. I've had that oh, happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had yeah, that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can't do it. So, so you also wrote... Um, that the race, quote, wasn't awesome, but it was good enough, end quote, right. and that you never felt, quote, completely comfortable. Tell us about why you think that might be and and if you felt well-trained. Like, was it a symptom of the training or was it kind of more in your headspace or? Um, I always, my body felt good. Um, I wouldn't say I felt like, oh, this is amazing. Gosh, I love running. <laughs> I mean, there were moments of that, <laughs> but not consistently. Um uh, physically, I felt great. Most of it was in my own head. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's your first race, you really don't, or this was the first race I'd been on that was that long. Um, there's all that doubt that you kind of have to run with. Mm-hmm. And um, that added to the challenge. And I think that's partially why I never really did feel comfortable because I spent the whole time going, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and would have to go back and say, physically, you do feel great. Um, and I had to give myself the suck it up buttercup talk. Nice. Uh, Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, you know, you get to do this, all of your limbs work, Mm -hmm. you can breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, now would you run up that hill already? Because it is, Get it is your a, ass over the pass. Yeah, it yes. is, it is a hill. All you can do. It's a hilly race, isn't it? With all the bridges. Um, yeah. Um, see, I'm kind of the wrong person to ask though, because Oneonta is pretty hilly to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. We're right at the foot of the Catskills, so mm-hmm. it's um, from my house. There is no route you can take that doesn't involve at least a couple of major hills. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of these That's days, great I, training. It is great. Well, I mean, it really ticks you off, but it is great, <laughs> great training. Um, one of these days, I'd like to run someplace like Kansas just for the sheer thrill of being someplace flat. Um, 
Key West. So I don't think Kansas you, is. I think if no, you're if Key you're West, here Kansas you come. Litters, that's that's going to be. Uh, I'm just telling you, okay. don't make Kansas Kansas your oh, destination race because it's hilly. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago Lakefront, Chicago. That's uh-huh. where you want to register. Key West, maybe or Key West. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have to do the bridges in Key West, though. So there's some. All right, Lakefront, Chicago. That's your next Lakefront, race. Chicago. So that'll be the next one. Um, I've actually. <laughs> picked the next one but that might be getting ahead of the story no 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 that's a lovely segue adrian we're obviously on the same wavelength neither one of us is going to pee in our skirts and i was going to ask you what's up next what are you going to do right um well i decided right after finishing the half that i was doing that one again um really yes you want to come back for another slice of pittsburgh or do you just want the smiley cookie it's the hey, do not knock the smiley cookie. <laughs> I have never seen that. I learned a lot about Pittsburgh from editing, yeah. not even editing your post, just putting them up. But I mean, there's a certain language. And then tell, oh, talk yes. a little bit about the smiley cookie. What is that again? Well, the smiley cookie, there's, it's not a deep thing. Um, there's a restaurant <laughs> chain in Pittsburgh called Eaton Park. And every kid who grew up in Pittsburgh knew that if you went to Eaton Park at the end of the meal, you would get this cookie that when you were a kid seemed like it was the size of your head. Because it looked like your head, too, right? Because it looked like your head. It was the best cookie ever. And I hate to kind of slight the cookie. It's not the best cookie ever. But the nostalgia and the nice sugar hit, um, it's a pretty darn good cookie, I got to say. Okay, well, those are compelling reasons. Um, Before before we move on, I would like to say that on November 19th, we might be able to taste those cookies for ourselves, Dimity, because we'll be in Portland. Or, sorry, Pittsburgh for for Mother Runner Party. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll give you a list of all kinds of stuff that you okay, should go okay, to if you get any opportunity at all. Because um, I know those can be kind of busy. But Okay, so you decided you were going to do Pittsburgh again, the Pittsburgh yes. half again. And yeah. also my friend Julie and I, who's the friend from college who also runs it, uh, we never did manage to meet up before the start of the race. And she has vowed that she's going to do that race until she's 50, every year until she's 50. And then at 50, she'll reevaluate <laughs> um, and probably keep going. But, you know. So she was doing it the next year anyway, and I was like, okay, this year, this next year, we'll we'll work this out. We'll figure out how to make this happen because we run it about the same pace too. Perfect. Um, That's perfect. So I decided to do that one again shortly after finishing it because um, also having done it once, I can see how to make it an even better experience mm-hmm. on my end in terms of just logistics and and all of that. Um, but I also seem to have the bug. Because I have decided to do another half on October 19th, probably the one up in Syracuse from here. October so. 19th. That date sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah. We, have, we haven't broken the news to you, Sarah, or to, to any of the AMR crowd, but she's going to be back. Um, I mean, she's so Adrian, your, your blog, your Martini Fridays is going to go every other Friday. Right for a couple months and then you're going to hop right back in, right? That's the plan. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so you're going yes. to take part in 13 point fun our next marathon half marathon challenge and then I you're... would be delighted to do that. Yes. Oh, cuz that's the, that's the exact it. date. That's the the actual end date, but we can accommodate for other race dates um, within that time frame, but that's that'd be exciting. Yes. I uh Dimity sent an email mentioning it and I realized I was kind of eyeballing that run anyway and everything seemed to line up. So, Oh yeah. The stars are totally in line for that. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, and and hopefully you're back for weekly. If you want, um, bi-weekly, we could understand or not. Yes. Yeah. Bi-weekly. We could understand that, but I mean, you know, it is a, it is good motivation because you will have to, Awesome and and we, as we discussed a couple of times, like, you got to think of something to write about. Yes. <laughs> Run and that out. That can take up quite a bit of time. Yeah, too. that's a good conversation yes. to have in your own head. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> and actually, that's when I did a lot was like, OK, I have to remember four things when I walk in the door after this run. I would just come down to like keywords. I was like, OK, remember, cookie. Oh, remember, you know, uh, it's so funny. that's exactly must remember this. And then yes. every, every so often, Dimity and I'll turn to each other and be like, It'll make great either like blog post fodder or podcast fodder. Yes. Yes. Well, my thing too with blogging about it was I was like, this is either going to be a great story of triumph or a nice cautionary tale. You know, (laughs) never do this or, hey, why don't you try doing this? Uh So, Uh Uh, but yes, during the summer, things around here, uh, I was telling Dimity that there's just not a whole lot I could really write about because things are about to get very boring, (laughs) which is great. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Looking forward to boring. I love it. I really am. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Adrian. It was real fun to talk to you. This was great. Oh, thanks so much for having me. 
and congratulations on your success. Honestly, oh, um, I know that I speak for the whole Mother Rudder crowd when we were we were all cheering you on and we're thrilled that that you made it through in one piece. You had keep all, kept all your pieces together and you want to yes. keep going. Yes, yeah. I do. I really do. Okay, thanks, Adrian. Thank you. Well, now she's got me thinking about cookies. I don't care if they're <laughs> good, bad, or tasteless. I kind of just really want a little hit of a smiley cookie right now. I, I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned M&M's during the podcast, so I sense that there is a sugar fix on your horizon. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I ran this morning, um, and I did six miles, and it was a good. I had a very strong run, which is uh-huh. lovely. Um, and I had, I feel like I've eaten enough, but, you know, standing here, I realized that I maybe haven't eaten enough. But uh-huh. I'll make it through. Don't worry. I won't waste away to bones <laughs> while i am got my headphones on. <laughs> very good. Since we mentioned the Pittsburgh party, we just wanted to throw out a couple other dates that we're going to be out and about. Um, so the first thing is the 13-point fun challenge. We are actually not out. Out and about we're behind our keyboards um womaning that situation but um it's a great way to challenge yourself we will have three different training plans for a 13 point fun race or a half marathon we have one that's a run walk plan we have one that is a straight up running plan that just uh, aims to get you across the finish line with a smile on your face. And then we've got a racing plan that will help you get a PR or really push yourself. The 13-point fun challenge will run from July 7th to October 19th. And like Sarah alluded to earlier, we can tweak the training plans um, up to November 23rd. So, I mean, if you have a, a race at your eye that goes beyond October 19th, we're happy to set you up to race as strongly as you can um, past that date. Um, We'll also be in person, uh, Zuma Napa Valley on uh, June 27th and 28th. We are having a party in Salt Lake City, Utah on August 5th um, in Spokane, Washington on September 25th, uh, Pittsburgh on November 19th, and Philadelphia on November 20th. You can find all those details on anothermotherrunner.com under the AMR in person folder, I'm not sure what you call that. What do you call it? Divider at the top of the page? A tab, yeah, page. Tab, that would be a tab or a folder or a divider. Um, And the 13-point fun challenge you can find on Mm motherrunnerstore.com. Yeah, and if you're looking for us on Facebook, we are at Run Like a Mother, the book. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, can get you through any race you're looking at. Those are available on Amazon or on our store site, which again is motherrunnerstore.com. And whether you're racing a half marathon or just around your neighborhood, many happy miles to you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue.